You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast, covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm Holly Johnny Christmas. <laughs> ho ho ho. And this is our podcast. Merry podcast. Merry Podmas. You can find me under the mistletoe. Mm. Um I don't know. Can I hurry down your chin tonight? <laughs> You can hurry down my chimney tonight. You can meet me under the mistletoe where we can uh, engage in consensual activities. Yes. Uh, because the implication of just standing under a piece <laughs> of greenery does not mean um, yeah. I want you to kiss me. Right. How dare whenever, you? How dare, whenever, hey, how dare you? <laughs> whenever you approach me under the mistletoe, I say, I give my enthusiastic consent and <laughs> then we go to town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoing and enthusiastic <laughs> consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe we all give our enthusiastic consent uh at this time of year uh i don't know (laughs) you can everybody give consent before someone stuffs your stocking yeah um and before you feel for lumps of coal i don't know Mm, sure (laughs) (laughs) uh, something's happening here yeah i don't know Um, what's happening is what's happening is i got balls dangling from my ears (laughs) you do i have my santa hat on uh you felt left out so you did attach some christmas ornaments to your lobes you're looking yeah. great um swinging them around maybe hitting the mic occasionally we'll see yeah uh they're plastic so uh i i'm not going to be run, uh, running the risk of getting any <laughs> tiny shards of glass anywhere no but i am i am going to take them out because uh i feel like they're getting a little squeaky yeah and, and i don't want that on the mic for the next few hours so no, I'm gonna get sweaty under the Santa hat scene, but for now, <laughs> ho ho ho! This is oh, our ho. our final. You're dangling your balls right in front of the camera there for me. Your you're Christmas welcome. balls. Um, Everybody, unwrap um, your 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 friend's Christmas balls. Please do it. Um, and uh, you know what better way to close out the year than than with my dude going yes. through our favorite albums of the year, mm. going through Happy Christmas Volume Two. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a wonderful holiday year-end spectacular to me. Yes. Um, An episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah, man. Being able to talk about music that has been released yep. uh, recently, as opposed to... <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> albums released a million years ago that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and just albums that this year uh certain records that have meant something to me in different ways and i think some of these albums that we've been covering this year like pedro and and the like that have uh mean something to me in one way but um you know talking you know spoiler alert you know Mm. pedro will come up a little later but oh yes he will uh, uh yeah so i'm i this is a this is a an album discussion or you know top 10 discussion rather that i i'm wondering 
like if this will be a year where we have a considerable amount of crossover i'm guessing so but yeah i feel like we also used to keep it a little more hidden from each other (laughs) yeah and now i like there's a lot more sort of like wait have you listened to this we gotta listen to this we're like oh this might be on my top 10 i don't know like um yeah yeah, definitely there's not a lot of secrets uh but there i'm sure there's going to be some there'll be some surprises along the way um yeah there's a couple there that would not be there at all had you not told me about them which is usually the case one or two of those every year i think so uh thank you for sharing your music with me throughout the year and i share it with you and we all share with Magpod Nation and they share with us. It's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful um, thing. You know, before we get too much into that, though. Yeah. Uh, another beautiful thing I got here is some, some Christmas treats. Ooh. Um, Your treats are Christmassy. My treats are not. <laughs> I did not procure a uh, any Christmas-based beverages. Sorry. Right. Uh, which is, you know, ironic since I am in procurement uh as as for my job right um that's a joke that no one <laughs> really the got. procurement joke the procurement uh, genre joke. <laughs> is pretty limited but it is i do very, like it it is yeah it's very limited i i'm gonna i'm going to uh do a solicitation uh, an rfb solic- a solicitation a, a really fine beer yeah i don't yeah, even know what the regular rfp means uh, <laughs> but i liked yeah. it uh yeah. what are you what are you popping open over there this is a uh saint paul's saint paul's finest i got myself <clears throat> a summit slug fest juicy ipa mm. and it has um some sharks on there and some Ooh. scuba divers punching the sharks all right yeah a little, little christmassy you know, if you if a fight breaks out in your family at Christmas yeah. or something, it just you know your Christmas your Christmas hammerhead shark. You know, that's yeah, classic. Some people have Santa coming down the chimney. Other people have <laughs> giant aquatic um, yeah. predators. Right. You know. We all have our traditions. I like to fight a shark at Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's not, well, it's not it's not Christmas until someone pulls out the bucket of chum to get right. the sharks riled up. That's what I always say. Um, but I have a little more of a traditional uh, Christmas representation on my beer. Uh, as I mentioned last time, I've got this collection Ooh, of yes. four uh, Island of Misfit beers from Obscurity Brewing. And this one features, you know, that uh, banjo playing snowman we all know and love. Um, Sam, is his name, at least on here. And uh, this is a milk stout with vanilla and holiday cheer. Last mm. week, I just had milk stout with holiday cheer, which I appreciate it. As you know, sometimes I can go either way on the vanilla but we'll give this thing a try the last one was delightful um let's see what happens here you know andrew when you were talking about your ornaments yes falling to the ground and breaking into shattering into pieces potentially i was like you don't want to have a marv situation on your hands here no i don't want to have that that was sort of what i was thinking you know marv stepping in through the window and then very firmly as we all do when we when we put our feet down just right. slam our feet down on the ground <laughs> yeah when when our feet are bare in particular yep. um yep. this is very good it's it's not heavy on the vanilla i can get down with it but it's that milk sugar thing that i don't always like yeah a little too sweet i'd recommend the other one more but it's it's still enjoyable it's a good time 
as as a vegan, milk yeah. sugar ruins yeah a lot of beer opportunities for me. Yeah, well, because, you're not missing out on much, I think. Yeah, I just don't know. I am curious how much lactose actually brings to right a beer other than being able to call it a milk right. fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with the occasional milk stout, but I feel like there's just been this trend of milkshake. Yeah, the smoothie beer. Beer adjacent, which is just yeah. generally not my vibe. But yeah. I will say I enjoy this. And what will probably help balance out those taste buds is I got those Haribo candy cane gummies, my dude. Oh, shit, dude. You had the uh, delicious bats for oh. Magna Fright Pod, and uh, they came through with the Christmas varietal. You know, now that you're bringing up those Haribo bats, yeah. it just makes me realize I should have like stocked up on those before. Yeah, Halloween oh, they're was so over. good, man. And now I'm never, never. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> so I'm never, never gonna, gonna see them again. My bats. I just get to wait, wait until next year, unless they. I don't know. Maybe Haribo carries them year round somewhere. Mm. Minnesota's largest candy store. I don't know. Hey. Well, we'll have to do our own research here and find out. Yes. Um, but I'll tell you what we got. We got uh, Cheery Cherry Ooh, in this okay. bag. We got Sugar Plum. Uh, Ooh, that's clear, fascinating. Clear Boy. And we got Candy Apple Solid Green. So I'm pretty excited about this. Those definitely look like dicks. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Gummy penises. <laughs> That's never um, been done before. Well, you know, good. for the record, I love Haribo, but mm-hmm. sometimes I do feel like they cop out with the flavors in in favor of the form factor. Sure. So I do appreciate that they went the extra mile to at least attribute some sort of a yeah Hall- Halloween Christmas themed flavor to whatever mm-hmm. their, whatever their candies are. I agree. These are very tasty. You know, there's real detail on these, like there are on the bats. So far, candy apple wins over cherry cherry. Um, Ooh, for for a red rider, that's wow, surprising. Oh, some exciting news to report on that front. Ready. Um, we're still finishing off our Halloween candy in the house here, and um, I let the kids pick out two pieces for dessert every night. Yep. And um, Elliot's getting into Starburst, my man. Ooh, and so and he's keep, like keeping the family proud. That's right. Apropos of nothing goes, Dad, my favorite flavor is red. Which one is yours? I was like, hell yeah, son. Red riders <laughs> mount up. Um he was Here, like my tear forms in your eye. You say <laughs> I was like, Yes, it is, son. <laughs> my son. My son. <laughs> he said, I like cherry the best, but strawberry is my second favorite. And I said, me too, me too. So he's like, orange and yellow aren't very good. And I was like, <laughs> that's right. Get him on the pod. I know. They've both expressed interest in returning to the pod recently. So we got to get him back on. I mean, for um, the record, the woman who lives in your house, uh, she <laughs> she is a pink girl. Um, right. Let it be known. Hmm. The betrayal runs deep. Yeah, trying to drive a wedge uh, between us and my marriage. Um <laughs> I think that Cherry Cherry and Sugar Plum are both pretty good, whereas Candy Apple is quite good. So that's my hair about Candy Cane report. You know, it's a little, the texture is not as sort of, uh, you know, juicy and fresh as the bats, 
uh, I feel like they nail the, uh, you know, the consistency as well as the taste. This one is a little, they're a little firmer, maybe a little yeah. too much, but they're good. Speaking of Halloween candy and having a shitload of Halloween candy left, mm. uh, I'm doing the opposite of what you're doing and getting seasonal treats. I have uh-huh. leftover Sour Patch Kids zombies. There you go. Hey, bags and there. bags of them. Um, I love it. I love uh, Christmas horror, uh, which is perhaps a little tease for the Patreon. We may or may not be uh, enjoying a spooky Christmas the, <laughs> film together soon. The king of the transition. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that on the Patreon. Our holiday fun is not over yet, but uh, I'm just going to keep beating these into the mic the rest of the night. I already opened mm. the bag, as you could have predicted. I can't help myself, but yeah. It's a good thing I moved all my Halloween candy down to the basement. Because I would be eating these every day. I got to push these to the side. Uh, While our mouths are full, should we listen to some voicemails? John, we do have a voicemail line. 872-762-4763. 872-7-MAGPOD. We have a voicemail from our boy, Bobby G. Mm. Well, my mama these cars are just a little Christmas shoes out here. And my Beautiful. Christmas from your boy Bobby G. Hope you guys are doing well. I just started listening to the Dark Sacred Night episode, and uh, I just knew what I had to do. I had to call in with a, a little rendition of the Christmas shoes. So you're welcome, and Merry Christmas. And I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. Magpod for life. Bobby G. Our, Thank our you, dude. Bobby. Uh, I can't tell. Was he reporting from Danny's car there or from uh He was calling, he was calling, car. he was calling from Brian's car under the stairs. <laughs> under the stairs. It also sounded like he was like, Merry Christmas. She had a little bit of a lish on that one. It might've just been the, uh, yeah. I don't know if he was doing a bit or if that was the car, but. I don't um, know. But I also, that was beautiful, Bobby. Thank you. I love a du- the dude leaning into <laughs> just knowing knowing his legacy 100 um, um but i also like that uh always always fun with google translate where it says right. uh, you know he said he started listening to the dark sacred night episode mm-hmm. and this says well i just started listening to me dark secret night at the show <laughs> hmm. i love me dark sacred night and i love listening to me dark sacred night <laughs> um i'm solid and, and my christmas shoes no less <laughs> Mommy's gonna die. <laughs> me, me, mom is dead. Big aura. Um, fucking Christ, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Mary, and Joseph. Um, yes, I this week had a uh meeting wherein we had an icebreaker of sharing our least favorite Christmas song, yeah. and I was like, Man, I got my Christmas shoes story in my back pocket. This is gonna blow minds. And the first person to go said Christmas shoes, and I was like, Come on. So I had to just be like, well, you know, I do know the kids soloist from Christmas <laughs> shoes. 
and those who knew the song uh, were were very impressed. So uh, thank you, Robert. Beautiful Riding legacy. Bobby leave. G. <laughs> riding bobby g's coattails you know i'm always gonna ride those coattails <laughs> I, I know that kid from that awful song uh <laughs> we love you robert i'm glad i hope you get residuals for that um i sure hope so yeah anyway um speaking of one of our other boys mm. the aforementioned danny stairs hey what's up hey. my boys your boy danny stairs calling in um listening to the uh the last uh magnifrite pod episode Ooh. Enjoyed Andrew and Brian's excursion to hunt down my hat man. Um, I thank them for their service, even though they were ultimately unsuccessful. Mm. Um, but uh, really, the reason for my call is that I would be super interested in uh, this MagPod meetup to to extend the search, try to see if we can get better yes. results, uh, lure him out, so to speak. Um, so just keep me in on those deets if, if that does end up going down. Uh, I got some ideas for fun things we could do uh, just for such a, uh, just such a trip, such a meetup. So uh, anyhow, uh, keep up the great work. Love you guys. Mac Popper life. Oh, and Tulu motherfuckers. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Thanks buddy. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to make this happen. Uh, a Magpod meetup based around the hat man is, you know, you're just speaking my <laughs> language. I, I love that this episode is somehow sort of accidentally <laughs> becoming a christmas halloween episode <laughs> hey that's my favorite that's my it's my preferred mode so yes uh way to rub it in danny that we did not find the hat man yeah uh just slash congratulations on not <laughs> on not being cursed for life right right yeah yeah well yes next year we mm. gotta figure out yes a magpod meetup where we all get together um and uh get permanently permanently traumatized i guess <laughs> sounds great uh, yeah. yeah we got it we're gonna start our wheels turning now yeah oh got our girl mickey hey friends it's mickey uh just wanted to say i've very much been loving this episode i haven't made it all the way through yet i have like half an hour left but anyway um just a couple of things that i've thought of first i'm sorry andrew but your takes on Beatles Christmas songs are wrong. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. It's just mm. how it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, mm. But secondly, for whatever reason, when Away in a Manger came, played, it unlocked this memory for me. So I grew up going to a really small Presbyterian church. And one year for our, like, Christmas pageant thing, um, I... I was the angel, which, like, of course I was. Um, <laughs> and I had a couple of solos, and Away in the Manger was one of them. But mm. then at the end of it, the um, one of the other kids in the play, like, and this was planned. It's not like they just did this on the fly. But, like, they led the congregation in singing Happy Birthday to Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, is this, is this a thing no. that happens? other places no this unlocked memory is just really really throwing me i don't know if this is real i know that the memory is real i want to make that clear but i don't know if other people do this um i understand that the presbyterian church is a little bit more loosey-goosey and so maybe that's all it was but uh just this really weird memory that happened listening to the app um but anyways i hope you both are having wonderful holiday seasons and I appreciate 
the pod. MegPod for life. Thank you, Mickey. You know what I'll say, you know, who had a birthday cake for Jesus plus a birthday song for Jesus every year growing up was Jenny. Uh, in her family, they sang happy birthday with a birthday cake every year. And I know this is a thing other evangelicals do. So I don't know if it's limited to certain segments of the church or not, but I know it is a thing for some people. Wow. That, that is. You going to do it this year? I mean, should I? What kind mm-hmm. of, what kind of cake do you think Jesus likes? I don't know. Uh, something with like figs and olives or something. <laughs> Gross. I mean, it sounds a Mediterranean. Fig, a, a fig and olive cake <laughs> sounds absolutely foul. What were people, what were people chowing down on for dessert? Uh, in uh, I don't know, probably some like, uh, I'll make a, lo- lo- a locust, a locust honey. Yeah, there you uh, go. John the Baptist face. style. John the He's Baptist. Like, you guys want any of these locusts I got? <laughs> like, That's like, good. Got yeah, fucking here. pockets full of locusts and shit. <laughs> mm, delicious. <laughs> All right, John, you're 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 fine. <laughs> hey, you just got like just got it's like pulls like a pocket full of bees and honey out. Yes, thanks, John. <laughs> yeah, good locusts. <laughs> fucking yeah, get, yeah, we get it. You hear the guy that eats the wild honey and locusts. <laughs> um yeah i'm guessing some honey based treats maybe he'd like a honey cake uh, for his birthday it'll be thoughtful mm. of you to do andrew um well that's that's an amazing memory mickey i'm glad we could unlock it for you <laughs> yes um and the only other thing i have to say about that is the moon is right the beat is right do 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 simply having a wonderful christmas song by paul mccartney it's a good one you know i can't remember who tweeted it out um like about that, the satanic ritual or whatever. yeah they're yeah. like they're like doing a some sort of like satanic ritual and then all of a sudden like some christians walked in the room and then they're like uh simply having <laughs> right where that's like in all caps <laughs> but it is weird that the rest of the song is like about the moon and very stuff. pagan like, yeah what is it i gotta find the lyrics now well, uh yeah lest we forget that every um every obnoxious you know, uh, actually, so, yeah, so, Christmas is a pagan holiday. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but actually, yes, we. you tell us every year. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so imagine a ritual. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight, and that's enough. And somebody barges in there like, simply having. <laughs> and then it's, I don't know. I love it. Isn't there something about the moon? I always thought it was the moon. I guess it's the mood is right. I don't know. Ooh, I feel like oh, the moon adds to the like oh shit ritual element. We're cracking how, this thing wide open. How's that? How's that mood? How's that mood, Johnny? <laughs> That's right. It's right. Uh, the moon is right, and the mood is right. Anyway, um, yes. May we all sing "Happy Birthday to Jesus" <laughs> in our own way. Children, nobody opens presents until we sing "Happy Birthday." Like, legit, I think so. Oh, I and that makes me super <laughs> super uncomfortable. <laughs> but you know, I yeah. I don't want to yuck someone's yum. If that's your if that's your family sure. tradition that you want to, that's your kink. We're not going to Christmas tradition shame you. <laughs> yeah, not going to Christmas shame. We have Tyler McDonald who sent us an email and a voice memo. He says, second year of my new tradition of listening to Magpod Christmas episodes on the drive up to Raleigh for my company's holiday get together." I uh, forgot to put it in the voice memo, but I need more Italian Pope impersonations. <laughs> I was crying laughing, which is a bit dangerous while driving. 
Tyler, too horny. Your voice memo is too horny. The Catholic Church uh, forbids this. Hey guys, it's Tyler from Atlanta. Um, wanted to leave a voicemail uh, about the last couple episodes. Um, loved the, uh, the interview with, with Jenny on the pod. Um, it's really cool to hear about the book. Um, I've got it in in a cart with a couple other books um, from a local yeah. store that I'm gonna gonna grab soon. Hell yeah! Um, it's funny hearing her mention Andre Henry. Um, me and him went to Southeastern uh, University oh. of Florida at the same time. Um, I remember him being in different singing groups and things. Um, I followed him on Twitter recently when I was still on social media, but I've kind of hopped off since. But I uh, signed up for his email list and started looking into stuff again. So um, and watching some of the uh, YouTube episodes of uh, Next Question. Sweet. So it's all been cool. Um, really digging the new Craig's um, brother album. I'm I'm kind of with Danny on the voice, it, but I eventually got on board. Um, it just took me it took me an album or two to kind of kind of get into it. His voice is definitely unique, but uh, it's it's you know I've come to enjoy it instead of uh, not being not sure about it before. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually ran into the Dave Bazan Christmas album for the first time, um, probably a week or so ago. Um, it was on uh, Switchfoot made a Christmas playlist um, when they put out their new Christmas album, and one of his songs was on there. So I was gonna let you guys know, but I kind of then I thought about it, and I'm like, there's, there's no way John doesn't know about this. And then at the end of last episode, of course, you said that you're gonna cover it. So um, I was really happy to hear all that, and that last song is oof. Um, right. that one's that one's a doozy man yeah it is um all right that's uh that's about it just wanted to call and leave a voicemail um thanks for everything you guys do uh Magpot for life yes thanks, thank you man. buddy great voice memo um yeah shout out to andre henry who jenny mentioned uh he did a two-part episode on her show the next question it was so good uh, and i got into him after that he does a lot of sort of like activism and social commentary and stuff online but he's also a musician as tyler mentioned and is like i think moving more into focusing on um working on music stuff uh, more full-time so yeah check out andre henry um uh, what else is mentioned it's all blur ted's voice yes <laughs> the party Ted girl i don't think there's anything wrong with that <laughs> sorry sorry yeah Ted. yeah uh, the pew um <laughs> no issues but uh danny did uh, leave. He sent me a text recently and said, thank you for giving Ted a platform to let us know that he still masturbates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that that was his takeaway. And I said, uh, yeah. I, I, I replied, homecoming? More like homecoming. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, yeah. Yes, our, our long tradition of inviting stars of the Christian alternative scene of the nineties on to talk about jerking off with us. Um, it's a beautiful, Wait, let, let, let's clarify. They didn't jerk <laughs> off with us, John. Sure. To talk with us. <laughs> they about talk jerking with... Off. There we go. Yes. <laughs> you have to get the phrasing, right? Yeah. That's, that's the not Patreon. That kind of... If you want that, <laughs> yeah, it's the bonus, the bonus content, mm-hmm. but Danny Extra did tier. say, Danny did say he's uh, he got, he's got to get his hands on his Ted Bond titty flash footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have saved that to uh, to blackmail him. <laughs> it's oh that archival footage uh, will never be deleted. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, thank you for that, Tyler. Thanks everybody. Great voicemails from, from some great folks. Yes. Um, we got a lot of ground to cover. Oof! This week. Yeah, so I think it's time. 
Is time it to time? Do that thing that we've been talk about all year long. Mm. You know, I, I I throw in my caveats every year mm. that what is best, what is favorite. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing tons of stuff. There's probably a bunch I haven't listened to. Yes. There's room for things to change around always. So it's it's you know it's a snapshot in time. Yes. And uh, let us know. also. I I was I said this to Kristen earlier tonight as I was hemming and hawing about uh-huh. my top ten. Yeah. And and I was and I said I came to the realization that ten is a completely arbitrary number. That's true. That's it doesn't true. it doesn't mean necessarily anything. We could just as easily say our top fifty records right. or right. whatever. Something not making my top ten is not necessarily an indication of me not loving the record. Totally. Yeah. It's it, it came down to albums that I uh listened to more or resonated with more. Yeah. But it was still it was still tough. But like there were there were just so many there were this was a really good music year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And if you tacked on as many honorable mentions as I did, yeah, maybe you're closer to 50 than you are to 10 <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, uh, we're going to get into these top 10 records of the year for us, arbitrary <clears throat> or not. Um, Should we start with honorable mentions? Oh, um, interesting. Hmm, hmm, hmm. We start with those and then get into, get into the real shit. Sure. We can do that. It might give some things away like, oh, that didn't make the cut. Interesting. But maybe that'll It'll be some intrigue. And, and the, one of the reasons I think I want to mention, do the honor roll mentions first is to uh, give a whole bunch of caveats. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. And, and also like talk about those records and how, yeah. how they still mean a lot to me. Definitely. All right. Well, do you want to start with your menchies and then I'll do mine? We'll go in order of... Um, alphabetical order here um All right. so this was a really tough one for me to leave off the top 10 because um i love them i love this album a lot and i love um and i'm, I'm going to be seeing them this next year but the beth's expert in a dying mm. field uh mm-hmm. it, it was very close to being on my on my in my top 10 but uh yeah they're new zealand uh band everybody should check them out um Another one that's kind of a bummer that didn't I didn't put on my top is uh Carly Rae Jepsen, The Loneliest Time. Yeah, she didn't I, make it even to my honorable mentions, sadly. But yeah, here's the thing. I I really enjoy this record. It's not yeah. my favorite Carly Rae record. No. Um, but good album though. Good album, some really strong uh bangers on here, but our expectations were fairly high, probably too. It's but. It's, it's it's yeah. <laughs> Next, I have uh, the chats get okay. fucked. Oh, they yeah. they are uh, an Australian yes uh, punk band. Um, we listened to this on the way home from the Carly Rae concert. Oh, uh, did we? Yeah, it was we, a great oh. time. <laughs> yeah, they're just very straight ahead um, punk rock dudes with a lot of attitude and. They have, they, I mean, they, they write a lot of specific songs about the area in Australia that they live, but yeah. they have this, if, if you're going to listen to some songs by the, the chats, I would check out from this record, Struck by Lightning or uh, The Price of Smokes. 
Yeah, what's the one? What do they call their lunch break? Um, <laughs> I'm on Smoko. <laughs> Smoko. <laughs> Leave me alone. That's I love a, Australians so much. <laughs> yeah, that's one of their older one of their older songs. Smoko. Smoko rules. Yeah. Very. Smoko. Uh, Leave I, I me mentioned, alone. <laughs> I mentioned this at the time, but very <laughs> Amel and the Sniffers, Jace, fellow raw Australian, <laughs> yeah. you know, Smoko vibes band. Another one. Um, Dashboard Confessional, All the Truth That I Can Tell. Mm-hmm. And this record made me feel all of my feelings as most Dashboard uh, uh, albums do. But this mm-hmm. one, this album really felt like a return to older Dashboard, a lot more acoustic focused kind of um, songwriting, not as not these super huge glossy kind of mm-hmm. bangers that he was writing in the the mid aughts, but uh, yeah, the song "Burning Heart." If that doesn't do something to you, um, and you you know get in touch with your emotions, um, the Interrupters out. in the wild. Mm. Uh, really love the Interrupters. It's you know sad to leave a ska album off my top ten, but can't put them all in there. It's true. You know, I think I teased that I may have a couple country records on my top 10, yes. but ultimately Orville Peck's uh, Bronco did not make it. Yeah. Uh, the first time I heard the curse of the blackened eye on mm-hmm. the current, I was like, Ooh, what is, what's going on here? Cause yeah. I've, I wasn't super familiar with Orville Peck's previous work and this sort of combination of, um, sort of like Elvis and Johnny Cash and mm-hmm. this yeah there, it's just a very interesting uh I don't know I'm really into his voice yeah um, it's a very very particular sound yes <laughs> um Oso Oso Sore mm-hmm. Thumb uh he his his uh, one of his previous records was on my top 10 um several right. years ago um I don't know this one just didn't land with me in the way sure. Uh, his previous works did pup mm. the unraveling of pup the band also an honorable mention for me yeah honorable mention very good love pup the last one i'm leaving i'm leaving the best for last uh so to speak for my honorable menchies because uh it hurts me it hurts me to say this um that they were on my my favorites all year um but they ended up being bumped very last minute uh linda linda is growing up Oh, shocker. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, like there was a lot of <laughs> competition yeah. for, for this. And um, while I love them and I love this record and I'm very excited to see what they continue to do, you know, their, uh, their albums that speak to me. <laughs> unsurprisingly albums that speak to me as a 38 year old man uh Mm. differently than songs written um you know by teenage girls so you know why a bunch of songs about your cat all the time (laughs) i mean don't don't start with me (laughs) um i could write i shouldn't have brought up fucking cat sorry (laughs) i could write any number of songs about kevin um glorious angel um not cool zeus sorry (laughs) so 
yeah, those are my, um, I'm sure there's going to be a situation uh, where you, you mentioned something that I could put on, put on there. Sure. Um, but um, yeah. So what do you got for yours? All right. I'll try to blow through these relatively quickly, but who I thought you were maybe going to say there at the end was Graveyard Club, um, which is my number one honorable mention because they slid out of my top 10. Uh, uh, barely Devast- outside. Devastating. <laughs> I know that's now I, now I know where it will sit for you. Um, but uh, yeah, that they were there all year long. And then, you know, as I considered it just barely outside there, but Graveyard Club's Moonflower, my sort of number one honorable mention. Uh, Muna, self-titled mm. Muna record. Yes. Um, another one that spent a lot of the year in my top 10 and ultimately yes. slid out, but you know, they just do these perfect indie pop songs, sometimes dancey, sometimes folky, but just really well-constructed Silk uh, Chiffon. Songs. Jam. Jam, 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 jam. Phoebe Bridgers showing up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitski, Laurel yes. Hell. Uh, yeah. Her last album, Be the Cowboy, was my number two of 2018. This one, not on the level of her other records for me, but still some real bright spots. Um, Love Me More, certainly one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, she put on a great live show, yeah. as we both know, and uh, it made me appreciate those songs more when I saw them live. Uh, Pup as well, the Unraveling yeah. Pup, the band. Uh, we both had their last album, Morbid Stuff, in our top 10 of 2019. I agree with you, not on the level of some of their older stuff for me, but still a great album. And I finally saw them live uh, for the first time early this year, and it was so great. It's just such energy. Love those guys. <clears throat> uh, Fantasy League, our dudes. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Can't leave them out. Um, our dudes, Scott Kerr and Matt Langston, hopefully more to come in the coming months about this record. Um, but this album deserves to be huge. Like every additional glimpse we got into it along the way as they were feeding us little bits and pieces, it just got so yeah. on board with the sort of 80s synth pop vibe of it. Yeah. Um, really well-constructed songs and melodies, which they're both great at and just them combining their forces into this record. Very, very into it. Um, I hope it uh, continues to get on more people's radar uh ronnie martin i have as well yeah. from the womb of the morning the dew of the earth the dew of your youth will be yours never not a mouthful um but it was a real joy for me to discover this record um as i said it works better for me than a lot of joy e um even if i appreciate joy electric but i don't know i really love this collection and the kind of expansiveness of the sound that he achieves with that one um dead blue skies uh their last album flower of devotion was in my top 10 for 2020 this is not as strong for me, but a similar vibe. And they just really know how to write such great, catchy, powerful songs with like seemingly very simple ingredients. Um, Sharon Van Etten, mm. we've been going about this all wrong. Her last album was in my top 10 of 2019. I love her. I love how wide ranging the songs on her records are. Just what a truly talented songwriter she is. Uh, Heilung with the album Drift. These are the sort of Northern European kind of like pagan ceremonial sure. rock that I mentioned. This is like maybe my number one regret of not catching this concert this year, or they call them ceremonies or rituals or something, but <laughs> I got to see these guys live at some point. And this album is very exciting to me. I really like the sort of folk metal, I don't know what you even call it, ancient music thing they're doing. Um, the Yaz, Cool It Down. Um, long awaited return and uh, didn't live up to expectations for me, but I'm still glad they're back. And and this is still a really good, if too short album, uh, spitting off the edge of the world. One of my favorite songs of the year, 
Um, Pusha T, it's almost dry. Uh, his last album, Daytona, was in my top 10 of 2018. I know we both talked about uh, appreciating that album, I think. Um, but there's another uh, really interesting collection of hip-hop songs. Um, a great rapper and such interesting varied production, really cool and weird beats. Dig that album. And then finally, The Mountain Goats, Bleed Out. Uh, it's a great Mountain Goats record, like always. Uh, there are no bad Mountain Goats records. But this one has like more electric, punkier edge that's really fun. Uh, they're the best. Love the Mountain Goats. So that's our honorable mentions. It's time for the real thing. I know that you go in some sort of order. It's true. I, I've, I'm unable to actually Fair. put these in any order. So um, I'm just going to start off with the more, my most recent edition as of coming to terms with this three hours ago, uh-huh. uh, uh, putting this in my top 10, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, the first time I listened to this record, um, I couldn't make it through the entire way because I was getting too sad. Yeah. Man. And after I, the first time I heard Antihero, the first, like, I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> And it in for a song that's like such a banger, it's just it's so heavy, yeah, and and sad. I mean, there's just so much sadness on this on this record. Is it like to the level of previous Taylor Swift records? Like, I don't I don't think it's her greatest album she's ever made, but I think um, this is it's it's hitting for me in ways that. Folklore and Evermore didn't hit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. But standouts for me, obviously, uh, Antihero, um, Labyrinth is great. Lavender, I mean, Lavender Haze, Maroon, Snow on the Beach. They're just like so many, you know, vigilante, Mastermind, baby. Mastermind. Album closer. It's my yeah. jam. Uh, vigilante shit, you know. It's all good. It's we all might good. hear more about this album in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, all right. Well, what's your number 10? Number 10, yes, I'll go in descending order here. Uh, Bjork, Fasora. Uh, I'm a huge Bjork fan. I didn't um, even know that Bjork released a record. She sure did. Um, is it weird? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> what? So I, I think she's a genius. Uh, I'm always interested in what she's doing. This is her 10th album. Um, I am like most people in that I like her earlier, more accessible work best, but I always find it interesting, whatever she's doing. And, you know, here she's certainly still firmly in the avant-garde world, but maybe doing closer to more traditional pop songs from that world than, uh, what she's done in a long time. So Mm -hmm. she's doing really interesting things here, uh, largely with bass clarinets. She kind of built her album around that, um, as well as beats and choirs and, I don't know. I just let this thing wash over me and it feels like an opera or a concept album or some like complete piece of artwork. You have to sort of think about it as like this theatrical experience almost from beginning to end. And if you're thinking about it that way, I just, I love it. It's a real experience. Um, You're not going to find like radio friendly uh, bangers on this one, but (laughs) I just think it's so interesting. And a lot of it is about grieving the death of her mother and figuring out Mm. her place uh, in the wake of that. And her place in Iceland, which she's kind of this international representative for. And I don't know, she often pulls out 
like the native sounds of Iceland and its history, which she does here. And uh, the first single, Adipose, ends with this repeated refrain where she says, hope is a muscle that allows us to connect. And it's about a relationship, but it's also about like humanity and how we connect to each other and to nature. And I don't know, I find it very powerful. It may not be for everyone, but I love it. I wish she would tour again. Uh, I saw her once at Pitchfork and her set was cut short because it was like lightning. Uh, I really mm. would love to see Bjork live and see these songs. But anyway, Bjork, Fasora. Well, thank you for letting me know that. I, yeah, man. I love, I also am a fan of, you know, the, that, that first 10 years of mm-hmm. Bjork talking debut, talking post, talking Vespertine, um, that era of Bjork to me is just yeah. like, um, perfect. So yep. thank you for letting me know. I'm going to add this, um, to my library to listen to it later. Okay. I think, um, the smile, a light for attracting Ooh. attention. Mm-hmm. Um, this album fucking rules. <laughs> it does. It is the most Radiohead, n- not non-Radiohead, Radiohead record. Yes. Uh, that Radiohead hasn't made. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if that if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, I love how much guitar is on here. Mm-hmm. There's so many sick bass rips on this thing. Tom is bringing it uh, vocally. I think he's doing some really cool things yeah. uh, vocally on, on this. And I think just them getting back to playing rock songs does yeah. something for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that they don't, but just that there's something so accessible about this. Yes. Um, that has been missing from some, some Radiohead releases for me. Yep. Um, and I, I immediately latched onto this, you know, you'll never work in television again mm-hmm. is, um, is in, like the fact that you got to see them too. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so, I'm just so excited to see if, if they will continue, if this is just sort of a one-off thing. They or... mentioned during the set that the second album was coming out and they played a bunch of songs off it and they oh, were great. So oh, yes. Oh, get ready. Love this. Love this. Love this. Check it out. A light for attracting attention. Smile. Well, Andrew, my number nine is The Smile, A Light for Attracting Attention. <laughs> so that worked out very well. Uh, we've talked about them a lot on the pod recently. Uh, I went into a lot of what I like about them on the last episode when I talked about seeing them live, but which was amazing, you're right. But I'll never not like something that Tom York or Johnny Green would do. Yep. Radiohead is one of my favorite bands of all time. This is a very successful and exciting side project for them. Yes. Uh, it has the the jangliness and the ballads and the sort of doomed apocalyptic energy that i love about yeah. their work in general and about radiohead but as you said this also has like this freer funkiness and loud electric guitars and psychedelic elements and more yeah. room to play and it's really fun if you're into this kind of thing it's hard to imagine people liking radiohead and not liking this but i think you're right that it's it it, it harkens back in a lot of ways to you know, I love all the Radiohead records, but I think we'd all agree the last several are sort of like ambient, um, sort of put on in the background jams more than they are like constructed songs. And this is a really great collection of, of songs. And um, I listened to it a lot this year. I think it's a great album. So yes, I, I was happy also to hear The Smile is a project that will continue. And I really liked what I heard from the new songs. So The Smile. 
1975 being funny in a foreign language Mm -hmm. their last album notes on a conditional form was also in my top 10 yep um in 2020 um i just really love the 1975 i love that they have this synthy 80s um kind of style to their stuff but also just very jangly pop, very mm-hmm. bright. Matty Healy, very interesting dude, a very kind of honest about his experiences in with uh with drugs in the past and just a very kind of honest, honest songwriter. Um, this album has still has its sort of um darkness, uh dark elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um the song Looking for Somebody to Love. If you were to kind of, if you were to take Maddie's voice out of it and and put in like some other 80s singer, you'd be like, this is a song from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also, it's so upbeat and it's so infectious. And it is a song that sort of skewers toxic masculinity and incel culture. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is, this is really dark. Yeah. Uh, but the song, oh man, it slaps. And it's got uh, some just super powerful um, love songs on here that just skewer me, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just I'm I, I'm just so glad that they continue to put out such uh, such solid records. Yeah, I I like them. I have listened to this album, but not enough. I need to spend more time with it. So, yep, I will do that. Um, but my number eight, mm. one that I haven't really talked about on the pod this year, Florence and the Machine, Ooh. Dance Fever. Um, this is one that really rose up the list for me. And I have been listening to it, th- to it throughout the year, but was sort of thinking of it as like maybe more of an honorable mention. But at the end of the day, I just like could not um, deny how many great songs are on this record. And I began to think of it as like this really cohesive piece. Um, and I really like the different kind of modes she goes into here. So it just ended up being, I like, could not deny that it was it was definitely in my top 10. So um, I was a big fan of her first album and I liked aspects of her last two records, but they didn't really do a ton for me overall. Um, I think this one, she's just locked into a groove that I really appreciate. From the first time I saw a clip of the video for her first single, King, I was like, oh, she's really doing something interesting here. Um, she's re- wrestling with so many interesting ideas about gender roles and expectations and faith and her place in rock and um, playing with how those all intersect. And she feels very assured about who she is and is like staking that claim. Um, And that's like a boldness that comes up a few times for other uh, women artists on my list. Uh, It was an interesting sort of theme to track in that way. But I don't know, I just, I think it's really interesting musically and thematically. I think there are things here that would resonate with you for sure if you haven't checked it out. But yeah, that first song, King, the chorus is, I am no mother, I am no bride, I am king. And just sort of like her wrestling with the different roles she's expected to be and sort of making peace with who she is. And it's this declarative statement. Her song, Free, is certainly like in contention for my song of the year. That's an absolute banger. And then um, Choreomania, the song, she has this line, you said that rock and roll is dead, but is it just that but is that just because it hasn't been resurrected in your image? Like if Jesus came back, put in a beautiful dress and all the evangelicals were like, oh yes. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just this 
reflection on the patriarchal Mm. nature of rock where it's like these declarative statements like rock is dead but it's like oh is that maybe just because it doesn't look like what you think rock looks like and maybe women are like uh, leading it now so i don't know i think (laughs) there's a lot to really really like about this record uh the woman who lives in my house uh my spouse jenny (laughs) um i'm gonna stop saying that because i find it creepy now but i had to reference it (laughs) did get to see her live this summer and i did not and i regret it now a lot because when she was going i was like hey i really i've been listening to this new album and i really like it and then now at this point of the year i know the album super well i'm like i wish i would have gone but anyway great record i haven't really seen it mentioned on many people's uh lists but i hope there are others out there who dig it as much as i do my next one um was a band that i just discovered this year um cara cara new Ah. preoccupations and it it's this awesome blending of just sort of indie emo with 90s alternative sound to it Mm -hmm. and i'm I, i was i'm another album that immediately uh was drawn into it everybody should check out uh the song hyacinth uh nocturnalia those are a couple big standouts for me um they're philly band um they this isn't their first this isn't their first record um but they yeah they've been they've been putting stuff out i guess for the um you know, past uh, five years or so, but this is their, I think their second record. Everybody should check them out. Cool. Yeah. I know the name, but I don't really know them. So got to check yeah, them this out. This is one of those, this is one of those records that I'm like, I'm one, I wonder if John would be into it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like I would. Um, yeah. I will check it out and get back. But my number seven is a band that I know, you know, wet leg mm-hmm. self-titled record. Uh, I mentioned on the pod not long after it came out this spring that this was already in my top 10 and it's just stayed there all year. I think it's so catchy, such memorable and fun riffs uh, and lyrics and her vocal performance is so cool. It invokes this 90s fuzzy guitar, female vocal indie rock that is just such a sweet spot for me. uh, And I really love it. Uh, I always have a good time listening to this album. And um, yeah, they were another one that I was like, oh, there's a lot of interesting music, but I just like couldn't deny this one. I feel like there's just so many great fun songs on it. And um, yeah. I tried to see them this year and could not. It sold out immediately. So would like to see them at some point. But uh, yes, Wet Leg self-titled record. Had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, who I had a lot of fun with. Mm. Barty's Strange, Farm to Table. Yes. I saw Barty's recently when he had his very first headlining sold out show ever in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. So, see, so when you see an artist who not only can perform live what they bring on an album, but watching a band that genuinely looks like they're really into what they're doing and they're really sort of like lost in yeah. the performance. It's just, it's a, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. It's a privilege to be, to, experience art with people who are just so mm. earnest about the art that they're making i and i had mentioned on the pod previously his uh, you know after after i saw him this uh how he blends hip-hop and indie and like some punk elements mm. into just sort of all this just 
beautiful fusion of sounds and how he has some bars where he like he has a song called cosines where he just name checks all these it's it's like sort of the opposite of rappers name name dropping a whole bunch of other rappers he's name dropping phoebe bridgers and lucy dacus and uh justin vernon yeah (laughs) and (laughs) so it's just like you know that that's the sort of thing that he's like yeah these Mm -hmm. you know he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna steal your fans you know Mm -hmm. like that's so like you know he's got a little tongue-in-cheek but um if you were to check out a song from this record uh should check out the song wretched uh that song it's a slow burn and then uh the payoff is just just Mm. beautiful yeah arm to table barty strange great record did not make uh, my list Anything. here, but no, but in contention. Uh, number six, Taylor Swift, Midnight's. Mm. Mm. Uh, heard about this already. I have her and the other probably biggest pop star in the world uh, on my list this year. Um, but I think both records are such interesting choices for stars at that level. As I've mentioned, 1989 was my entrance into uh, Swift Edom. Um, and I've liked all her records since then, um, including the popular stuff and the cabin core 2020 records you mentioned, but this to me represents a really nice middle ground. And I think it's her best since 1989. Um, there are weird elements that I appreciate. She's trying yeah. things. Um, it's not overly poppy, but it's still got this great listenable pop sheen to it. Yeah. It's just front to back. Great songs. Um, I like to see her feeling sure of who she is and making bold choices and um yeah i just think she's she's doing really interesting stuff here it's just such a undeniable kind of like here are 13 songs of sort of pop greatness to varying levels of poppiness um but they all really work for me so midnight's had to make the cut kind of coming from talking about Carly Ray and the honorable mentions and talking about mm-hmm. Taylor, you get the sense that they're they're ready to kind of do whatever the fuck they want. Yes. Yes. Um, especially with Taylor and Carly dropping F bombs on their records. Right. Yep. You know, I think that's I think that's outstanding. Um, yep. that they're just like, you know, I'm I'm not um call me maybe and you know taylor's no longer feeling 22 right you know, they, they're growing up they have a lot more experiences and life and love um behind them and kind of allowing them to try some things and yep. uh i i admire that i admire yep. that you know you know get that shit off taylor's desk she that's right now you might get to go see and enjoy these songs live next year whereas i will not mm. um didn't get those tickets and then i saw some headlines oh Ticketmaster trying to make amends and certain groups that were on her like fan list are actually going to get an email saying hey you've got another chance to get tickets i didn't get that email either so it doesn't like i'll be seeing taylor another ticket update mm. the last time on the pod we talked about postal service and death cab how excited we were for that my dude andrew got three tickets i got zero after multiple <laughs> attempts so as we're recording, it's after the pre-sale, but before tickets go on sale tomorrow morning, I'm just like praying to all the deities that I 
I'll just take one at this point. So anyway, I'm yeah. going to give it another try, but yeah, we will, everybody will try. We will yeah. try tomorrow, Thanks, John. We will, we want, we want you there. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking Ticketmaster. I know. Fuckers. The worst. Do, do any of these fuckers <laughs> ever, ever, ever get demonopolized? <laughs> no, they don't. No. Um. All right. Moonflower by Graveyard Club. Good album. Uh, this great album. <laughs> this this album. Uh, it's an all timer for me. Mm. I I've seen them three or f- four times in the in the last like calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, I they've become one of my favorite bands. Um, me too, man. Ever since I you know <laughs> saw them for the first time, I'm like. Oh man, there's something, something special here. Yep. I don't know how this band is not one of the biggest bands right now. Yep, it's it, it still blows my mind. Again, another record that uh, has some very gutting songs, yes. while being beautiful mm-hmm. and lush and synthy and reverby and pretty songs like uh halloween yeah great and, song and nowhere um just so good it's all so yeah. good everybody should stop what they're doing go listen to some graveyard club moonflower toughest one for me to leave out of my top 10 um but very glad that you and i got to go to the album release I'm, show together i am texting matt from graveyard club <laughs> yeah John hates your band now. I'm a longtime fan <laughs> of these guys. Supported them over the years. Love them very much. It's a great album. Um, there are a lot of great albums. Um, yep. Cosign everything you said. Um, all right. Number five, Pedro the Lion, Havasu. Mm. Talked about this one. Uh, perhaps we'll see it on yours. Um, can't not have my boy in here. Uh, didn't put Phoenix, his last record, in my top 10 of that year, but I probably would have after doing the pod this year. Um, what I said coming into the season when we started is that I felt a little unsure of the sort of Pedro 2.0, the the, the couple records he'd done so far, just because it was like, it, it was pretty different from what he'd been doing as David Bazan as solo and even fairly different from the older Pedro stuff. Um, but I came to really, really appreciate this and Phoenix and the sound of this new Pedro um, a lot more after we went through it together. And there's just so much to dig into here. Um, so yeah, Havasu ended up being yeah one of my very favorite records of the year. There's just, I don't know. I think there's, there's a lot as we talked about and we did mm-hmm. kind of dig into how much there was to get into. Um, it was great seeing him live this year uh, in a couple of different settings. Um, and Teenage Sequencer was my most played <laughs> song of the year. Yeah. Uh, he was my top artist, these things according to Spotify. So that all makes sense. Um, yeah, I just think it's a really mature record that keeps revealing new things to me the more time I spend with it. Um, so big fan of Havasu, my number five. Yeah, I'm just, that was going to be the next one I talked all about right. as well. Perfect. Havasu. Um, a huge appreciation for Pedro and Bazan this year mm-hmm. that I didn't have before. 
And I'm, if I take anything away from this season, it's going to be uh, my love of Bazan and uh, this record too. Uh, Phoenix and Havasu both affected me in ways that I don't think I was fully anticipating before right. I got into them. Uh, and I think it's because it's he is doing something different. It's a very mature record, yeah. like you're saying, and it's a very they're very insightful records i think yeah based on the whole concept that he's looking back on his childhood places he moved and uh, his experiences with his family with his faith with loneliness and uh relationships and, and growing up all things that uh i continue to wrestle with as i kind of do one of those things that um people talk about with reparenting ourselves things Mm -hmm. that we look back on our childhood selves and and realize that like there are things that man we we need to (laughs) talk to that childhood uh version of ourselves and like you know, be like, Hey man, this is, it's okay. You're, you're, you're doing okay. Or, you know, or that was really hard and that sucks that you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're lonely or whatever. Um, yeah. Teenage sequencer, um, first drum set, just a, yeah, a, lo- a love song to an instrument, which I yep. think is super cool. Um, yeah. great record. Uh, have to agree. Um, all right coming into the home stretch ish yes uh beach house once twice melody um another one i maybe haven't talked about too much this year on the pod but Mm -hmm. uh their last album seven was my number three of 2018 it's my number four of this year uh just their their synthy dreamy almost psychedelic sound is just aimed directly at me i'm such a sucker for it i love every album of theirs, pretty much every song on every album. It's just like, I don't know. I have so many great memories of throwing on beach house on my headphones outside in the summertime and just zoning out and being transported with these like swirling pop soundscapes and having a great time. So uh, this one is uh, certainly no exception. It was a double album that they released in four parts um, every several months. And I just somehow, even with all the songs, there's no filler here. I really, I really like it all. So I always love their stuff. I think this is a great album. Um, another band that I missed this year because I was just like, I can't go to everything, but I wish I would have seen them. Um, anyway, if, you, if you're into Beach House at all, I think you will certainly appreciate this record, Once Twice Melody. I love it a lot. Um, yeah, I got to say, I've never really listened to Beach House. Check them um, out, dude. Let this Let those keys wash over you. <laughs> Uh, know what else I've let wash over me mm. is the lyrical stylings of one Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Um, Mr. Morrell and the big steppers, a dense emotional record mm-hmm. with so, so much to unpack yep. in as it relates to grief and masculinity and um perceptions of how people see you and Mm -hmm. fatherhood and you know uh 
gender identity. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so there's just so much going on on this record. You know, there there's certain records that I will throw I can throw on and just like enjoy just about at any any time. Mm-hmm. But there's certain albums that like like a Kendrick record that he's so thoughtful and intentional about what he's doing that it's it's a it's an undertaking yes. to, to to listen to his records and to digest all of the all the things he's he's talking about and um and to be honest like we cry together is not a song that i can it's, it's not tough it's not a, it's not a casual listen you know? right yeah no <laughs> so um but there but there's still there's just so much in there there's so much in everything he does and heart part five i mean all of it it's all mm-hmm. it oh god what a genius yep i love this dude uh might hear more about that in a minute sure um yes all right number three beyonce renaissance um her last album lemonade was my number one of 2016 before we started doing the pod um, and every inch and second of that album was so orchestrated. I mean, in a way that I loved, but very, you know, carefully and thoughtfully packaged, not unlike, um, you know, Kendrick in that way. Um, not as like, um, painful to <laughs> go through track by track necessarily, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, but so much so that it was initially surprising to me, um, when this album, she put out after six years of not really doing a proper record was just like a dance album (laughs) like yeah it was kind of like oh huh i felt it was enjoyable but maybe like a little light for a new you said it was interesting (laughs) i said it was interesting um (laughs) for a new beyonce album after the long wait but it really grew on me both musically um so many bangers and so many different kinds of songs all within the sort of like dance club music package um and thematically where it's clear this is a black woman who is increasingly sure of who she is and unafraid to put it all out there in a way that's messier and maybe not the tidy package of Beyonce that we're used to but yeah feels refreshing and I think you know you're talking about Taylor and Carly Rae like dropping f-bombs that's certainly Beyonce here you know doing whatever they want yeah. and there's such um like beauty and power in in seeing women claim that space and if she wants to do it while invoking 70s 80s and early 90s dance like uh, i'm here for it so i don't know the more i spent time with it the more it just like really really rose up my list at, at some point i was like is this my favorite album but i don't think it quite gets to that height but i love every song on it um you know she names her church background and the the freedom that the dance floor gave to her and others coming from like the church space into that space, um, especially for queer black people and artists who have such an influence on this record. Um, every song is a banger. I can't wait for the tour. I probably won't get tickets to it because of Ticketmaster, but I would really, really like to see these songs live. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, I just can't, I could not deny that this is like among my very favorites of the year. Beyonce. Dance music is just not really yeah. my vibe. I, I've I've tried Shrek listening. Rave, <laughs> the Shrek rave. Let's start the Shrek rave. You'll change your tune. It's true. How how much Beyonce will they play at the Shrek rave? Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> 
so we're down to my last two. And even mm-hmm. though I haven't intentionally ordered these, mm-hmm. I would say these final two are the biggest two records okay. for me this year. James and the Shame, Human Overboard. Mm. This is a, a country record, a straight, mm-hmm. straight ahead country record uh, by Rhett McLaughlin from Good Mythical Morning. For those mm-hmm. of you who are familiar with the YouTube uh, show um, with Rhett and Link, he, both he and Link uh, grew up in North Carolina um, and grew up in a very conservative kind of Baptist background. They have a podcast where they went through their um, history of growing up in the church and then going to college and doing um, ministry there and how serious and earnest they both were in their faith. Mm-hmm. And also they both have done individual episodes for their podcast, Ear Biscuits, where they talk about their individual religious deconstructions. And would I mean, for those of you who, who know them, um, I mean, they're, they're just great listens to just listen to another person who talking about their very genuine, sincere, earnest, authentic faith that they have Mm -hmm. and um, why they couldn't and don't believe in it anymore. And, and for Rhett, um, this was maybe about 10 years ago, we both deconstructed, I think probably around the same time, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that he had, uh, he did this interview with Pete Holmes on you made it weird combining uh two of my favorite things and he he talked about this this making of this record they also he name checked uh bazan you can mm-hmm. curse your branches and and that record and how this is a different kind of record for a, a different kind of deconstruction record because it was written years after the fact, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's something to be said for writing a, an angry or bitter or frustrated deconstruction record, because that's also valid and a part of many people's deconstruction journey. Um, but I think that there is a focus to this, to this album and a maturity he's bringing up issues for me that are still resonating with me. Cause I, I, <laughs> there's certain deconstruction records for me that I needed to hear very much at that time when I was going right. through it, you know, I didn't, it's not that like this sort of thing is I'm, I'm past it or anything like that because clearly I'm not, there are still things with my various religious trauma that I, I experienced not even a week ago mm-hmm. that things were shaken up in me. These are songs that I think I still need to hear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, songs like the, the opening track, Believe Me, he's essentially saying like, pe- people will say like, oh, you just left the church and your faith because of 
I don't know, let's use five examples that people are saying are the five great predators of why people leave the church and just try and paint a picture of why people are leaving rather than just like, it's like, hey, you know, I'm not saying you need to agree with my choices, but I'm just asking that you believe me. Yeah. Just believe me that, you know, you can say, oh, you, you didn't, you never were really a Christian because if you're really a Christian, it's like, just believe me that my, my faith was genuine. My faith was sincere and I, people will want to do whatever they can to dismiss the, the validity of, of this journey. And and I hear it in these songs and some of these songs too, the, the song, sorry, that he wrote about his relationship with his parents, hmm. uh, where he says, you did nothing wrong and I did nothing wrong. So why do I feel like I need to say sorry in a song? Mm-hmm. You know, the, this, he's in his mid forties now, right. you know, he's, this is a man who's been going through this for a long time and yeah. the 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 feeling of like disappointing people that love you mm-hmm. um it, it it's there but I, I the parts that i really feel like where Rhett shines the most for me is when he's calling out bullshit mm. two songs uh in vain and fruit in vain is essentially talking about what are you know, like, don't take the Lord's name in vain. You know, Mm -hmm. don't say, oh my God, because that's taking the Lord's name in vain. And he's flipping that around and saying that the chorus is so much done in Jesus' name seems to me to be a goddamn shame. Are you sure the Savior came so the righteous would all vote the same? Tell me who's using his name in vain. Mm. Are you sure the Savior came to help your team win the football game mm-hmm. uh, so you could find the perfect parking place to pledge allegiance to the USA to help decide that Supreme Court case. It's like, who's using the Lord's name in vain in these right. situations? Yeah. Oh, someone, someone says, Jesus Christ, that's right. Like, let's, let's look at what is truly using and leveraging the Lord's name for, for what purpose. Yeah. And this is not like a Nash pop country record. You know, think about some of your your classic country, shuffly country songs. You got some, you got some twang. You got some, you got some keys. Then there's a song called "Kill a Man," which is kind of an outlaw country song. I'm spending a lot of time talking about this record specifically because we all have records that we I think we need at certain times, and this for me. Um, was a record that I think I really needed this year. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to find somebody whose takeaway from his journey is we need to love people more mm-hmm. and we need to say, I don't know as much as I used to think I know. Right. Yeah. Well said. Uh, not an album that would have been on my radar at all were it not for you. Um, and you've been sharing with me throughout the year, how much it's meant to you. And I have checked it out and enjoyed it quite a bit too. Um, I think I was surprised at first by like how legit musically it was. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, not that I, you know, expected you to like, well, Andrew normally likes shit. So I don't <laughs> see why I like this, but like 
for a guy who's known as like sort of a YouTube comedy star, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I was like taken aback at first. Um, so yeah, really um, good and strong record in a number of ways. So yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Do you know if he's going to like tour or anything? Is that oh, man, thing he does? I don't know. I, yeah. I would really, lo- I would love to see him tour with a, a band yeah. with, of with the session musicians that he had on that right. record. Cause it's a, it's a very rich sounding record. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, I haven't really talked, I didn't really talk too much about the, the sound of the record more so right. the content, right. but it is a, it's a, very well done yeah uh, beautifully recorded record very rich um sound so um i i would love to see him i'd love to see him perform in a in any in any form but like if we could get some if we could get a full a full band going yeah um, get his wife jesse to come along to sing some of those backups like she did on uh on their love song where we're going cool um not really, not usually one for a country love song, but hey, woo. sometimes it's just what you need. Yeah. Um, well, another artist that you told me about, my number Ooh. two, Soul Glow, mm. Diaspora Problems. Uh, Soul Glow, another Philly band, per your Kara Kara I mentioned. Um, the most exciting thing happening in punk rock for me right now uh it just kept rising and rising throughout the year until it became my number two uh it has the most energy of any of my favorite albums of the year it feels immediate and powerful in a unique way i think they combine the best elements of political hardcore and political hip-hop that's fueled by this like righteous anger mm-hmm. um there's such a variety of styles. They all go hard. Um, yeah, I think the thing that maybe my top three have in common is just like how pleasantly surprising all the turns they take are. Mm. Um, and this one, you know, it, it, it rips from the, the first song, but I said that a little bit like uh, uh, James Austin. What's that guy's name? <laughs> James Austin Johnson or whatever, who does the uh, Trump impression. It rips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really anyway. rips. It really rips. <laughs> so glow. We love them. We um, love them. Many people are saying. <laughs> anyway. It's really um, great. But uh, yeah, the first song <laughs> rules, but then like the second song goes in a completely different direction. And then it's like straight hip hop. And then there's like ska horns and it's just like, they do so much, but it stays at this level of intensity and power the whole time. And I just, this album rules. Um, I got to see them, which I was really, really pumped about being able to do. And they didn't disappoint. Although the disappointment of a hardcore show is like the sets are short, baby. They're, they're done quick. And I was like, what? No, keep going forever. (laughs) Um, So really, really exciting album to me. Soul glow great can't wait for their next one now we are uh moving into what is legitimately my number one record Mm -hmm. based on all metrics Uh um in that spotify said all top all five of my top five songs were from this band Mm -hmm. um which is the stereo 13 Mm -hmm. 
this album, you I mean talk about a surprise. Yeah. This album was legitimately a surprise for me. Yeah, I didn't know I had, that until you mentioned it. I had well, I had no idea that I was because I think we were we were recording, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I was like talking about the album 300, which yeah. came out in 1999, which was you're my, like, wait, they have a new one coming out. I'm like, what? Um, they were doing like a Kickstarter, right? Yeah, they did a Kickstarter, but it was, it had already ended. Right. And, uh, but these are Jamie uh, Wolford of Animal Chin and Rory Phillips uh, from The Impossibles. Mm-hmm. And they put out um, this, an album in 1999. Um, on Fueled by Ramen, which you you got to hear the influence they had on bands that came after them, especially bands like Fall Out Boy, um, who I think egregiously ripped them off. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's like an injustice in a sense that like a band like Fall Out Boy took essentially the, the entire sound and singing style of these guys Mm -hmm. and then like went on to become this enormous band and these guys were uh are just small potatoes comparatively yeah once once i found out that this record came out i i was like i gotta i gotta check this out and i i have not i've not stopped listening to it the the first song the end is the beginning is a minute and 12 seconds long and it goes so hard and there's like they're just they're so good at building things mm-hmm. and then there's this part where you know it's building and then it's, it's getting huge and then like they like add in like more layers of guitars and then like the it's just like a wall of sound and wall of guitars that come in and it just explodes and you're just like fuck me up with all of this Mm -hmm. um it's just it's all it's just classic stereo and there's beautiful love songs the shelter in the storm is a sick almost seven minute epic love song which i love so much um kings of no hope uh do you don't you probably my second most listened to song i don't have my let's see i do my top songs uh, the end is the beginning, and do you, don't you are my top two, okay. um, in that order from from the record. Uh, oof! So just back to back, wall to wall bangers from the stereo. Um, love this record. I want a some sort of physical release from them yeah. that I can purchase, but uh, I don't know when, if or when that's going to happen for the general public. Yeah. Um, the number of bands that you know I would love to see that yeah. are you know just either enormous artists and the chances of me seeing them like the fact that I'm seeing Taylor is is a, a miracle, right? Um, but like you know seeing a band like The Stereo, James and the Shame, probably these things are probably not going to happen. These but these albums meant so much to me, and I would just love to, yeah, um, desperately love to see them. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. I mean, it, uh, you're probably right, but it feels like the stereo looms large over the sort of emo indie rock world. So I would have maybe expected like for, for there to be more. But for like a a group, like a a section of it, yeah. I don't I don't think they're they don't have that kind of yeah 
I don't really think they have that name recognition though. I suppose that's true. I mean, I was looking at their Spotify. They have 9,631 monthly listeners. Yeah. That is, that's surprising. That is not, that is not a lot. That's not out of step with, I know the impossibles were again, fairly like popular within that scene, but they were another band that I felt deserved to be huge Yeah, and never were. They were really big for me. And I got to see them and I got to see animal chin who I also thought were awesome. Um, And I think those bands were a little more my lane and just the emo scene is not one I've really ever been super familiar with. So it's not as much my lane, but I can appreciate the album and certainly understand why you're into it. I hope they do tour and get some attention. Um, But yes, not a surprise for me to hear you say that and not a surprise for you to hear my number (laughs) one, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, This, I said back in May when it came out on the pod, when we talked through it extensively, that it might be tough for it to be supplanted as my number one, and it never was. Uh, Exactly as you said, it's not my most listened to. It's not one I would throw down all the time. Right. But every time I would return to it to just be like, is it still? I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Like, (laughs) it's still the most exciting and vital seeming album to me of the year. Um, as I said, you know, with Solo and Beyonce and some others, like the, the turns that it takes. Yeah. In this case, often within the same song are so surprising, but, but pleasing. Like every time some new element comes in, I'm like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that, but I love it. Like I love where he's going here and each turn that he takes, I just feels more and more rewarding it's yeah. maybe not as strong as damn or as iconic as to pimp a butterfly, but what is, or good kid, mad city. But I think it's his boldest and his most mm-hmm. interesting. I said it was interesting <laughs> of his albums. Um, and like you said, it just really hits me emotionally. Um, he's arguably the current best rapper alive. Uh, and that's still the case here, but the production is so eclectic and oh wide ranging and, I would, I you, you were talking about like, I guess one word I would use is like, sometimes things feel abrupt, like yes. things like they like turn on a dime and they shift and you're just like, oh, we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're doing this style now. Right. You know, you thought we were doing something jazzy. Now we're doing something, you know, right. we're going, we're going this way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it is, it's a very bold. I think bold is also a good, a uh, good word for it. Yeah, it's just so, it's surprising, but every time he takes those turns, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go with you here. And it just, it shows what a range he has as a as a songwriter and as a performer. And I love kind of how honestly he tackled sort of where he's at in his life and his career. And from the first song, like you said, United in Grief, yeah, he starts saying, I grieve different. And then these strings yeah. just like, like this huge ascending string thing comes in and you're just like well that's weird and then these drums just start like going off it's just it's just there's so much happening immediately and i just i'm along for the ride with every song so uh, another depressing one and (laughs) maybe not sure um there are a few songs i think you can just throw on and have a good time but as you said it's it's to be taken as a package and as a statement i just think there's no there was never any denying it that it's that's the most exciting and, and best record for me this year so we overlapped on four of ten which is a fair amount 
we were very close to five out of 10 had graveyard club not uh gotten out of my list at the last second but yeah still fair amount of overlap like you said the most we've had i think so far on the pod um yes probably because you're we're sharing more things with each other throughout the year maybe that we hadn't had been in the past and i don't know if i would have had soul glow in there um without you saying that so um good list gotta shout out um anthony fantano from the needle Mm. drop sometimes i i I have a a love-hate relationships a love-hate relationship with music criticism as you know and the irony is not lost on me of a podcast uh that we've been doing (laughs) since 2018 where we critique and talk about songs you know i like i like hearing people what people are listening to and oftentimes you're going to find that within the realm of music criticism and uh one of his reviews um from this year was uh that soul glow record which he rated very highly and and i'm like oh well if someone's passionate about a record, like all, like, you know, it's worth, you know, checking out. Um, yeah. And especially if it's not something like I've ever heard of, like, yeah, I'll, I'll right. give something a shot, see if it, see if I fuck with it. And yeah. Um, well, yeah. Good list. What I would say good list is that um, in the wise words of the movie Ratatouille, uh, there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is in the discovery and defense of the new. I think about that line all the time because mm. <laughs> criticism does mean a lot to me. And I think when it's good criticism, when it's done well, the best kind is telling people about something that maybe they don't know about yet and talking about it passionately, enthusiastically. So like, I hope that's the approach that we bring on the pod is trying to be fair and lifting up stuff that we're excited about and yeah, not the, not the shittier end of criticism that gives criticism a bad name. Anyway. Yeah good lists we want to hear yours share them with us um you know we've been going a couple hours and for some podcasts that might mean where it's time to wrap up but oh no no (laughs) we got a second segment we got 16 songs to go through so (laughs) let's take a short break and come back and dive into more yeah let's get let's get happy what exactly makes Beyonce the Queen Bee? How do we feel about Ariana Grande's use of rap vernacular? And most importantly, what's better, chamomile or spiced chai? We ponder all of this and more on Hot Tea Hot Takes, now a part of the Rock Candy Podcast Network. Our show is just two friends drinking tea and discussing music, culture, politics, and anything else that comes to mind. We cover everything from Mozart to Megan the Stallion. New uploads are posted weekly. Look for it wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye! Hey, John. Hey. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm-hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easycore, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that... Ooh. They are Magpod's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallsteprecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these small step bands records so keep your eyes peeled for that also john unlike some record labels which 
may have come up over the course of the podcast. The artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity. So you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. And we're back talking Happy Christmas Volume 2. Oh, so much to get into. Uh, what a good time. Um, <laughs> Happy Christmas Volume 2. Now, we covered Volume 1 a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, at, the end, at the end of... Uh, our Five Iron season. season. Yeah. So we thought, why not move on to the next record? And I got to say, I'm having a good time going through these. I think we should keep this tradition going, keep going through them. I don't know if they're going to stay at the same level for me, but... I'm having fun. Um, you asked me beforehand, like, or you said, I'm very curious about what your take on all this is going to be. And I'll just say pretty great overall. To me, there is a definitive, unequivocal number one song. Well, me too, but for this. Now I'm like, is it going to be what I think it's going to be? I don't know. Um, I guess we're going to find out. I guess we fucking will. Um, <laughs> this, uh, I mean, like the first one, this is a good eclectic mix of things, a real nice 90s snapshot. Um, this was released October 19th, 1999 on BEC. I don't know. Did, did you have this growing up? I did not. No, I didn't have any of these. This was my first time hearing most of these songs getting ready for this podcast. There had been some that I'd heard, of course, over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, lots to lots to dive into. So should we just get into it? Yes, let's get into it with a Christmas song. Mm, familiar one for us. That we have heard before. Yes. Christmas Day by MXPX. That's my number one. Come on. Oh, really? This is not your number one. No, this isn't even in my top three. What? Bro. I'm gonna tell Mike. He's gonna be pissed. <laughs> um, he's, he's gonna. He's not gonna give me any time. <laughs> now, yes, everyone knows the best MXPX song is "Give Me Christmas," which should be represented <laughs> here. But how can this not be my number one? This, I, I feel like it's. This was this was my number one on the MXPX Christmas collection episode so i feel like it's almost rude 
to the other songs to have me name it as my number one again. So I thought about not including it. I think um, that was part of my reasoning. Yeah, that's fair. But I was just trying to be objective and be like, well, looking at this collection, I can't, I can't not have this. So oh. I could maybe, I'll maybe mention what I would do if I didn't have this as my number one. But okay. Um, I just, it's so propulsive. It's so catchy. That organy synth part. It's the the synthy part. Just can't deny it. It's probably my favorite punk Christmas song, period. Like, it's just because of nostalgia, largely. Like, I have loved the song since high school. I listened to it at Christmas time as a teenager. And, you know, it's just, it's built into me. I love this. I love the MXPX Christmas songs, and I love this one the most. So, had to be number one. But, yes, I've heard it one billion times, whereas most of the other songs I've heard twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it to me, I think part of it was, like, it felt like a too cop obvious out. or something yeah 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 that's fair but um calling me I, a cop out bro yeah bro what are you gonna do about it bro let's just wait till element 101 shows up and we'll see what happens <laughs> they're gonna be uh they're gonna pull out their butterfly knife they're gonna be like hey what should be talking about a copping out over here? when i was doing my notes for the element 101 song i was like I shouldn't do the Italian voice because I don't want them to just be like the stereotype we've created of who they are. And then we immediately <laughs> just do it. I love it. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Anyway, I guess they might say I'm a mean one. Mm, good transition. little sixpence none the richer yes with some mean one mr grinch um where do you stand on this song because we we invoked this on the previous uh you know <laughs> the who who does the the tony the tiger and yes mr. the earl ravenscraft there's some respect on his name <laughs> This this song is not great. Uh, I'd say this version is not great. This is what th that's what I'm saying. This yeah, is, I love it, the original song. It's fun, um, but it, I'm it not. Just, I'm not feeling this one. It uh, it sounds like someone set a task cam down in the middle of the room, and I don't know. I don't know why the drums sound really yeah, shitty. They do, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that's the the charm when did uh when did the um when did kiss me come out um that was like late 90s right yeah i mean like they don't they don't have that kiss me money to get a, a yeah, proper this would have been after that so may unless this came from some earlier collection or something but i don't know i don't know it doesn't sound great it, it's fine i mean like i like sixpence um but and I, I like her voice, you know, Lane Ash, you know, respect. But and there's cool instrumentation here, like the violin is cool. But it's just <laughs> something about that it doesn't cool. really like gel together for me. Something about like the rhythm, maybe like you're saying, some of it just sounds weird. Um, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't click into place. I don't know, not no. feeling it. It also feels like it 
drags on for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that much Grinch. I wish it could be Christmas Every Day by All Star United. Now those jingle bells I hear, John. <laughs> well, hats off. Thoughts? Um, I don't know this original song, at least. Uh, I didn't until this. Yeah. Yeah. Cover of the British glam rock band Wizard. <laughs> Not familiar with their work. <laughs> Not familiar with Wizard. Um, I don't know. I the, the song, that version, like the original song makes sense to me. Like it's, it's, it has that sort of Beach Boys, you know, Phil Spector sound. That right. works better for me with this material than this version of it. There's something that I think I have recognized about myself when it comes to Christmas songs, mm-hmm. and it's playing out on this record, um, this compilation, is I lean towards traditional. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like you know non-traditional christmas songs but just that i think that's where my the sweet spot is for me yeah uh, i agree with it, that it tends to be a little bit more the melodies tend to be just a little bit more beautiful and interesting and this just has that 70s cheese that yeah. <laughs> i don't know it makes me think of love actually yes know? i had the same thought when you talked about like modern christmas songs in the glam like i imagined you feel it in your fingers <laughs> like it has that energy feel it in, in my your toes. toes um yeah i don't know i think it's fine like i don't know i don't know anything about australia united i know the name but i don't really know anything about them um sort of a brit poppy pop rock band um nice vocals nice harmonies but yeah it's all just a little much for me. It feels like it's kind of blasting at me. <laughs> just kind of like, all right, enough, enough. I it's, don't know. It's a lot. It it does feel like this would be on the soundtrack of like a kid's Christmas movie yes. from 1996. Yes, definitely. They're like they're like racing through the mall and like and then the <laughs> security guards like kids stop and then they yes. like <laughs> n- they knock over a Christmas tree and the guards uh, like whoa, Ooh, 100%. Um <laughs> And I'm not sure I need that. Maybe I would have liked it as a kid. I don't know. Do you know anything about All Star United? Were they on your radar growing up? They were on my radar. I think there was one record. Yeah, I think it was just their their debut. Okay. Well, well, this is there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
Star United albums. All Star United is the first self-titled record, though. Yeah. The, the cover of their of their album Smash Hits is just like it, it's obnoxious to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty tough. <laughs> it's it, it's very year 2000. It's like half Britpop, half boy band energy. Yeah. There's some haircuts, there's some tracksuits. <laughs> that kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. And not the element 101 kind of tracksuit, okay? No. <laughs> no gold chains to be seen. <laughs> no gabagool in sight. No. Sorry, guys. Hope you're not listening. I know some of you do. So. Um, yeah, anyway, fine. But uh, there's a better song up next. Hey, Zubambin. <laughs> hey, Zubambin. This song is a not a too a horny. Perfect amount of horniness. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the Catholic Church de- decree a no a horny. Sorry, blank eye for that irreverent introduction. When blossoms flower mid the snows, tonight was born a child, the Christmas rose. This is my number two. Okay. I like this one a lot. It didn't make my top three, but I feel like it, it could have. This song has everything. <laughs> this, this, it, it has what I like in this sort of style of Christmas song, where if you're, if you're going to be blending a Christmas, mm-hmm. traditional Christmas hymn with rock, this is the way, for me, that is the most effective it yeah. has just that the right balance of beautiful melodies and the singing yep. of and then like going hard and like yes and then like all of the reverb washing over you mm-hmm. yeah into it i have the same thing in my notes i said it's like unafraid of embracing the melody of an old christmas carol but also doing something interesting so when this crunchy guitar sound comes in before the chorus. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's like so satisfying. Um, yeah, there's times when I think it's maybe a little too straight ahead, sort of general rock for me, but then they do some interesting things dynamically and instrumentally and textually yeah. to make it compelling the whole time. So yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, they're one of the bands that we've talked about potentially covering, but they're in that sort of difficult to categorize like, general post-grunge alt-rock so we haven't really been sure how um and ultimately i I feel like 
most of our plank eye episodes would end with you being like it's fine it's fine yeah, yeah. i think you're probably right because i don't think it's just i don't really think it's in a a vibe for old johnny i think you're probably right um i knew them but i didn't ever know them super well um but i do like this a lot so um here for their for their christmas output at least <laughs> uh he, what i'm he really hear, here for <laughs> you hear that plank eye Get it together. Johnny yeah, that's wants right, guys. Johnny wants more Christmas tunes. More Jesus Bambino. Jesus. Oh, oh, little town. All right, sorry. <laughs> We've got to stop. <laughs> we got to stop. That's enough. A Little Town of Bethlehem by our dudes in Hangnail. Mm. Mm. my number three it's my number three as well uh this rules i love these guys Um, i love this it 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 gives you a look into the things ahead for them in this in this because this is for 1999 as young Mm -hmm. of a band as they were at the time this is great but who does i mean it's still great but does it pale in comparison to their to their Christmas EP that they put out, which yeah. is just uh, just outstanding. So good, uh, which we covered on the pod. Go back and listen. Yeah, um, yeah this feels like a prototype of what yes. they would eventually pull off so successfully later. Yeah, um, yeah, that Christmas Hems EP we covered, we both love. They kind of perfect it there, yes. but this feels like a rougher, yes, not on that level version of what still makes that EP so satisfying. Like it's... Some it's people really... might say shittier. <laughs> it's a little shittier, so you'd think I'd like it more. But no, this is like, I mean, it's it's really rocking punk version of yes. Christmas classics. But again, doing these hymns like reverently and honoring their inherent powerful melodies. Um, but just, yeah, there, there, there's there's better production and, and craftsmanship on the later versions. But it feels like, a, oh, you could do a bunch of these if you guys wanted, because it's like so satisfying here. But and there's also a hundred percent less John Warren. That's on, true. On, on this, so it's zero percent horny, but also zero percent John Warren, which is not an acceptable level of John Warren. So, yeah, it's not horny, and there's no warny. So, <laughs> I oh. need more warny. <laughs> I need more warny. No honey, but more warny. Oh, is what a is weird this, thing. Is this... <laughs> what a weird niche we've carved out for yep. ourselves. That's like we need we need more <laughs> Italian hope. Oh. I don't know. Okay. Let us know if you want shirts that say uh less horny, more warny. <laughs> Magnified pod. Yeah. I love that. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, a guy who would definitely love us uh leading into his song by mm. talking about being horny. <laughs> Lollipop parade by Joy Electric. <laughs> Hell yeah. (laughs) 
Let's rules. Ronnie, ease off the echo, my dude. No, keep it up. <laughs> More echo. Okay. No, no, it's 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 so distracting. It's I love it's, it. It's too much. No, it's just the right amount. Uh, <laughs> this is vintage, vintage Joy Electric here. Just synthy gloriousness. Um, I I love everything that's happening musically, but sure. when his vocals come in and it's just like there's it's stepping all over themselves yeah he can do that sometimes i don't know i i think here's what i've discovered i think joy e works better for me in smaller doses so like i get a song or two on its own and like i'm so here for it love the sound love the vibe yeah sometimes if i'd listen to like an album's worth i'm a little bit like okay like i just get <laughs> overwhelmed by it and like sensory overload so i know what you're talking about but i just love his vibe so much i like cannot (laughs) i don't know i can't resist it um this is a a top three contender for me i also loved the christmas song on volume one winter wonderland by joy electric both of those are on the joy e magic of christmas album um and i love the synth sound of i guess the bridge uh at 125 if we could hear some of that briefly Sure could. Yeah. Ugh, so good. <laughs> John, uh, slide around. John, what's, Full release. What's what's the Pope saying right now? <laughs> about calm, you? calm down, John. You get it too horny <laughs> listening to the same slide around. Um, yeah, you're they're listening to the sound of sliders. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. I think it's so fun. I love it. Here for it's it. It's fun. But- I yeah. It's you know I grew up listening to yeah. Joy E. Uh, we talked with our boy Matt uh, Langston yes. about Robot Rock. Um, yes. Love some Robot Rock. Yeah. Just yeah. this. It's just so it's so distracting to me. Sure. It's a lot. And it takes me. It takes me out of the glorious bleeps and bloops sure and, and i would expect a song called lollipop parade on christmas morning to be a little more stripped down um <laughs> just kidding yeah we where's the where's the acoustic lollipop parade <laughs> oh, so good you know All what right. else is so good flight 180 Let's go. 
This is a top three contender for uh, me. It's so good, man. It's I would say it's my number four. So yeah. if I slid MXPX out of there, they would go up to number three. Um, Get Ronnie in here to slide it out. That's right. Slide them out of the list. This is super fun. I don't know. This is the, this is a band whose name has come up when we've talked about doing a ska season, but I didn't know them at all growing up. Were they? How important were they for you? Not. And yeah, it's 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 a disaster that I know. They, they weren't on my radar. I was gonna say. So what, is this like the Christian dance hall crashes, or, or what are we doing here? This is like <laughs> two female vocalist fronted ska band but in the Christian scene. And I just feel sad for my younger self that flight 180 wasn't in my life. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I love how fast and punky this is, but then it goes in and out of really satisfying ska sections, like the back and forth from two lanes that I love. Uh, again, two female vocalists, really cool, very into it. Um, I think they're one of those bands that eventually pivoted to swing. Uh, so maybe that's my they only put out. They only put out three records. Um, yeah. So very, very short. Yes. Sort um, of the the very limited amount of time that people were interested in ska. Right. I was going to so say, like, not an unfamiliar story for many ska bands to have it be yeah. a few a few years, a few albums. Uh, I think I think they lost one of the vocalists and kind of moved into being a swing band instead. But I don't know. I'm sure there's all kinds of people out there who are like, you guys didn't know Flight 180? So give us your Flight 180 stories. I don't know. It makes me want to do a Scott season more because I'm like, I need to, I need to check them out more. This is great. It's not a bad idea. After, yeah. after the season of sadness, we <laughs> right. need something yes. that can pick yes. it up. Anybody? It's the turn we all need to take. Um, um, speaking of depressing, yeah, have yourself like, a merry little Christmas. Starfire. We won't pick it up here. <laughs> oh yeah. The opposite. They do this intentionally for Ugh, this rules. Classic Jason Martin. Classic. Give me, yeah. give me that other Martin Brothers synthy vibe now. I'm here for both both ends of the manic and depressive <laughs> synthy spectrums that the that Ronnie and Jason cover, respectively. Yeah, um, going from lollipop parade <laughs> to a ska Okomali faithful. Love it. To a an oxy-induced slumber of <laughs> have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's great. I love the scene, man. It was a great time. Um, yeah, this is a top three contender for me. I think this is great. It's a it's a depressing Christmas song, uh, as we talked about last week, performed here in a great depressing way. So you know I'm here for it. Um <laughs> it's uh it has this great jazzy. Yeah. It's almost like Twin Peaksy, which mm. we should say Angelo Badalamenti, the 
Twin Peaks composer and longtime David Lynch composer just died this week. Mm. Uh, RIP to a legend, but it has a very like the upright bass and the yeah. reverb guitar and the keys. Like it feels very Twin Peaksy to me, which is a sound very, I like very much. Very sleepy, <laughs> yeah. very, very shuffly. Yeah. Um, it's got it's that, it, yeah, it's got that jazzy sort of like just sort of brushing mm-hmm. tops of the cymbals kind of sound to it. Here for it. Brush, brush me on the tops of my symbols because I like it. <laughs> That's, um, that is a very specific kink. <laughs> I also really loved the Starflyer Christmas song from volume one, Ooh. which was a holiday song from Ooh. Fashion Focus, which was your number one number from one, that record. So Because it's a perfect song. Back-to-back bangers, Fashion Focus rules. Yeah, And this yep, is yep, making yep. me want to go back and do Starflyer again. What a great time. <laughs> great time. You know what else is a great time? Oof. God rescue Mary Little Gentleman. Hell yeah. This is my number one because, of course, because the it's, song. It's, fucking... my... <laughs> it's it absolutely rules. I'm gonna finish your sentence for you. Um, it's my number two. Okay, but I'm so glad to hear that this is the one that you identified as the obvious number one because I completely agree. If I'm yes. barring MXPX, which yes. maybe I should, maybe I should just say they're out. And make this our shared number one because this song absolutely rules. <laughs> the first um, time I heard this, I was like, "What the fuck?" I know. How, me too. Wh- how did I? What? Who is this? I'm like, Viva, Viva Voce. Voce. Where I've has never, Viva Voce been all my life? I didn't know that they existed. Never heard of them. I didn't have this comp. I no. looked. I looked them up. And they were. They were around. They were around, around for a while. For for a while. Little, from they were around for a while. Um, and then they they disbanded. Uh, my understanding is uh, the two kind of lead singers. Um, right. They were a married couple. They got divorced. Yeah. Uh, up through 2012, they were putting they were putting out records. Yeah, it says 98 um, through 2013 was the the life of the band. So yeah, Anita Robinson. She went on. I think she's in. Uh, like the West Coast, maybe the Portland area now. Yes, I believe they're Portland. And she's like kind of doing some various musical things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is a band that I did. I had no, no idea. Was, me neither. Yeah. I wondered if you would tell me, oh yeah, Viva Voce, like here's something I know about them. But I, yes, I, I want information from people. Tell us your Viva Voce stories and content because i gotta know more about them i'm thinking we might have to add them to this season because they seem to be indie rock i want to listen to this so <laughs> might have yeah. to add this um definitely to check them out more yeah it seemed like they were 
or conversation about like, oh, maybe we should not we should not be as niche. It's like yeah. have this band that has one single once on a comp on BC. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel torn between our mission on the pod of yeah. being like we should do stuff that more people know that gets more engagement and like, but I want to also shed light on stuff that maybe deserves more of a spotlight slash right. this is our podcast. So I want to listen to stuff that I like, and I right. love this. So I'm like, right. I don't know. We'll see. L- weigh in, let us know if the, if the streets are demanding Viva Voce coverage or not. Um, but yeah, it seemed like they were like straddling a little more the line of Christian or, or not. They were mainly on Asthmatic Kitty, which is Sufjan's right. label. And right. then they were on Minty Fresh and Barsook, which are both, <clears throat> well-respected secular indie labels they toured with jimmy world and the shins so i don't know fascinating history i need to i need to learn more about them um but yeah this the song rules i mean it has that very what i talked about with wet leg in the first segment it's so up my alley with the like 90s female vocalist fuzzy guitar sound Um, i love what they do with the melody Viva um, voce and making me a tool. <laughs> Viva voce. Viva voce. Perfect. <laughs> you wanted us to stop doing the bit? Uh, we couldn't when there was like a Latin named band on here. Um, but yeah, that little thing that they do between the chorus and the verse where it's like, so cool. It retains that like old school European Christmas carol style with the mandolin, but yes. then the amps just absolutely blast <clears> and these huge distorted guitars come out. Uh, it also gets in and gets out. It's like two minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's great. This, yeah, this. I have the exact same take. Viva Voce exploded into my ears after having never heard of them, being like, whoa, this is all of a sudden like my favorite song. I've never heard of them. So no, those rules. Yeah, I, I there was there was no question when I okay. when I heard this. I was just like this. I'm going to uh, make the official call and say we disqualified MXPX. This is our shared number one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> So they were your number two. Then what? What happens with your? Does uh, your number three move up to your number two? Oh, okay. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Number one, Viva Voce. Sure. Number two, Hangnail. Okay. Number three, Flight One Eighty. Okay. My new topic. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. The Normals. Hmm. Peace, child. Ocom Emmanuel. <laughs> This is probably in my top five. 
I like it. Um, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. My first note is normals is right. Uh, it just feels very, <laughs> very Roast, yeah, roasted. roasted. It feels very straightforward, folky pop rock, you know, vocals, yeah. acoustic guitar, but it's all really good. Good production sound, nice harmonies. It's not really my thing, but it is really pretty. And I kind of like can't deny that. I didn't, I don't really know them. I looked no, them up. No, neither. They're from normal, normal Illinois. Illinois. There you go. So there I should you like go. them. Um, yeah, I feel like I know the name, but I don't know anything about them. I don't know. Did you have much nope. of any connection to them? No. Nope. They sound like the kind of the, the kind of group that would open up for somebody like Jars of Clay. Exactly. Very Jars <laughs> energy here, which I was more sort of respected Jars than actually like wanted to listen to them. So like <laughs> I can appreciate the craftsmanship and the songwriting. Everything sounds great here. Um, but it's just it's just not really my lane so much. Um but this is an original song, which is cool. And I like, you know, the message of of peace and, and coming to the marginalized and stuff here. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a normal. I'm a normal. That's what they call normals fans. That's you yes. normies. You're you're normie. Mm-hmm. Um it gives me like dude in a dorm room with an acoustic guitar <laughs> Very playing much. playing love song for a savior or something. Yes. Probably some band at North Park played this at Christmas time <laughs> in, in chapel twenty five years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent <laughs> oh you know this is just like a little you know i haven't really been practicing this much and like yeah they had getting getting horny for someone's love of the lord too horny um <laughs> they had three albums out and were only banned from 98 to 2002 so there you go too horny <laughs> so our new breakout so, character. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the Phantom Cackler, and then there's the Horny Pope. <laughs> that sounds it's not, the Horny Pope sounds like a Conan character from like really from the nineties. Well, he's uh, not horny. He doesn't want horniness, but he's got to be called the Horny Pope. So that makes yeah, there's sense. you know there's you know Conan would have like the masturbating bear and then the horny pope would come out and be like no no the too bear horny. is a too horny yeah there was some kind of pope on conan wasn't there yeah the the fedex pope, the FedEx pope of course <laughs> fan mail i saw mommy kissing santa claus speaking of being too horny mm. It sounds, you know, it's it's a one of those things. It's like sounds good. It's punk song, right? Um, but I don't really like 
the song. I saw Mommy with Kissing you. Santa Claus. I know. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I did, I did. <laughs> we have like the same notes on every song with this record. <laughs> um, I I like everything here, but it never really does something super interesting with the song to me, even yeah. if I like it a lot. But I'm also like, maybe it's just the original song itself. I just don't really like it. Yeah. Um, it's still fun though. I don't know. They're another band that like, I always knew of them more than I actually knew them. Um, but they seemed like they would have been in the mix for us. I don't know. Were they for you? No, they were, yeah. they were the, a band that sort of, uh, I missed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly why. Maybe. Yeah. I don't either. Just... I can't speak to their whole sound in general, but there's a very social D thing happening here. Um, kind of the vocals and the style of it, um, which I like. But again, it, yeah, I don't know. It just never really clicks into an exciting gear here for me. All right. Uh, perfectly serviceable. Yes. Uh, exactly. Pop punk cover of a very mid Christmas. Yes. Song. Great. Now a turn for the weird. <laughs> Indeed. Norway, White Christmas. The sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A. But it's December the 24th. And I am longing to be a Norway was one of the handful of like plastic music. Weren't they on plastic or were they? I, I don't know anything about them. I couldn't find out anything about them. I'm only tangentially familiar with them only through comps. Okay. Um, or, you know, things of that. I don't know if they were on a video, any of the tooth and nail videos or something, but yeah, I was just like, yeah, they are thousand percent not for me. <laughs> It almost uh, seems like a joke. Like it's, and... it's like somebody trying to do their best Ronnie Martin impression. Well, so that's what do you remember how there was this band Almanzo on volume one that we were like, who the hell is Almanzo? And it turned out oh. that it was Brandon Ebel and the Martin brothers, which I'm like, is that what's uh, happening here? Are they another sort of like secret one-off? And that's why we can't find anything about them. So um I don't know. An infinitely danceable European influenced project. Okay, I don't know. Uh, this is on the, like an old tooth and nail site. All right, Eric Melzer. Okay, never mind. Doug Hubergetsi. <laughs> sure, Hubergetsi. Uh, <laughs> he's um, uh he's the one singing. Okay. Um. Well, it's bad. It's not Sorry. good. Sorry, Norway. Sorry, I thought Doug. it was a joke that that Brandon Evil and the Martin Brothers were playing on me. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's it's their cla- their classic bit every every record that's like let's throw together some like right. Really Except Almanzo was cool. Um, this yeah. is just like very '90s sort of rave music with 
yeah i don't know a half-assed uh ronnie martin but like an octave lower so i don't know it's fine yeah very early on in the pitch correction and it just sounds yeah like garbage yeah which i guess is intentional but it's got a lot of on it so (laughs) yeah um need more sliders norway Mm -hmm. um all right, let's let's go from Norway to fucking Jersey over. <laughs> Rocking around the Christmas tree with Element 101. One of my ongoing frustrations with them is people don't know how to fucking mix Chrissy's vocals. Yeah, I agree with that. She gets drowned out in this whole song. And However, bums me out. I love them. I love this. This is a top three contender for me. It just, it goes hard. I love the fun energy. I love her vocals, even though I know what you're saying. I love the bass line. I don't know. It's good to hear our friends again. I was like, Oh right, these vocals, these bass lines, like I love these guys. Um yeah, that that was when when we listened to those records, it was right. always like I have this tension of being like yeah. this sounds so the music is sounding so good. I just right. want to hear Chrissy's yeah, vo- voice like right. and yep. it just sounds frustrating like that. I know. Shit. Especially after Flight 18 where it's like these beautiful clear female yes. vocals right up front in the mix i wish yes yeah chrissy's it always seemed like maybe it was like more of the vibe to have it a little more pulled back but it shouldn't be because she sounds like a goddamn angel yes. and the song rules it's also short and sweet yeah didn't get out under two minutes here for it yeah um here's what we're learning is we got our boys and hangnail coming in at a buck mm. 40 that's right got uh viva viva voce at 210 mm-hmm. that's right that's how you, you do know, it baby it, 145 for the rocking around element they're just like we don't we don't have time we no. we're, we're we got we got to rock that's we right get around the christmas tree let's go that's right let's go let's go people yeah, yeah. here for it um, unless you're jason martin and then i want to luxuriate in here <laughs> drawn out tones yeah if you're if you're jason martin you're saying no wonder him and Mazan are best buddies so much vocal fry. Have yourself <laughs> yeah. Mary. Here for it. No vocal fry on this one, though. No. Very interested to uh, <laughs> hear what yeah. you think about Santa Claus is Back in Town by the Deluxe Tone Rockets. Where's Christmas time, Christmas 
spray you with reindeer. Sack on my back. You see me coming in a big black Cadillac. I feel like this could have been something back in the day that Mm -hmm. I might have been because this was like right in the throes of the swing revival. Yeah. And this was, I mean, the swing revival had like a half life of what Scott did. Right. Yeah. So it was a year though where everybody (laughs) couldn't get enough of khakis from Gap and Brian Setzer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I cherry, will say cherry, cherry pop and daddies. That's right. Uh, cherry, cherry pot and daddies is going to be our, our spinoff for fake we, season where we only talk about zoot suit riot for three hours <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> um, yes, they are a band that's come up. And the first time I said that I didn't know them, people were incredulous. So I don't know. <laughs> the deluxe town rockets were not a part of my experience. Um, I'll say it's, it's fun. They pull it off well, but again, not really my vibe. Like, I'm not a huge blues fan. Um, yeah. Little blues goes a long way for me, I guess, but it does sound good. Um, and yeah, their thing was sort of like rockabilly swing, right? That was kind of their deal. Yeah, I I was looking them up earlier and their uh, bio on Spotify said that they were, they formed in Michigan in 96 as a punk band but quickly switched their style to coincide with the swing and rockabilly yeah, revivals. Right. Uh-huh. A lot of these bands uh, were like punk and then ska and then swing and then no more band. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so vocalist John Brown, AKA Johnny the Ace Rocchetti. Okay, cool. Upright bassist, Jimmy Dicey Van Boxel and drummer Jason JJ Sorn. Hmm. So they all have their, these like, Mm-hmm. All right, all right, the ace. All right, we get it. Right. We're, we're greasers over we're, here. We're greasers over we're here. We're some Michigan greasers. Yeah, we're gonna gonna slick my hair back over. <laughs> gonna slide a drink down the the length of the bar. Catch it, be really cool over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If I heard this live, I'd be like, oh, that's fun. But that, I don't know. It's that, not... I was going to say that. Yeah, this is a kind of style of music. Yeah, that ten times out of ten. I would much rather see live. Yeah. You're never going to catch me putting on no. a uh, rockabilly or uh, blues record yeah. just to enjoy right. it. Yeah. Anytime I see good blues perform live, I'm like, why don't I listen to more blues? And I'm like, oh, because like being there to see the sort of improving is like a lot of the fun of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I'll take it. Sorry. Uh, to all the deluxe tone rocket heads, the rocket heads, the The rocketeers. Um, we're getting into some like dicey, speaking of dicey, (laughs) getting to some Mm -hmm. dicey uh, territory here for these last few. Uh, House of Wires, Caroling, Caroling. Oh boy.
right. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Um, um, this house of wires is a house of nightmares. <laughs> nightmares is the word I used. I was like, I feel like how you felt when you were describing Morales for us as a nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> this feels like nightmare music to me. It's just yeah. like a less successful, another less successful Joy E, uh, like cacophonous in a way that I'm just like, enough, too much stuff. Like, maybe Norway, if you. Norway, Norway is like, is like Grammy nominated quality compared <laughs> yes. to, to this. This is wild stuff. Um, I don't know anything about them, but it looks like they had two records on Tooth and Nail in the 90s. Um, I don't know. It's funny to hear Electronica so represented on this collection, but it also sort of like, makes sense for the late 90s but yeah. uh not for me not for me <laughs> i think i think what tooth and nail and bc they were trying to do they're just like let let's do just cast a big net right. and see if we can get some diamonds sure and well they did in ronnie martin and they didn't that's they did it in the, they did <laughs> yes um yeah the martin brothers they know their way around crafting yeah. some some interesting music uh can't say much for norway or house of wires no um, maybe we're missing something john maybe or if there's some genuine like if you're an actual fan of norway and house of wires or like this era of like the tooth and nail house music or whatever right. you want to call this um I'm sure producer Jason has some story about driving them to the airport in Colorado or something like that, but (laughs) I'm sure he, his band opened for house of wires and and... yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yes. Curious to hear if anybody has any connection to either of those bands, but not banking on it. No, a very curious song (laughs) to end with uh, the chipmunk song by lost dogs clocking in at close to five minutes <laughs> um you better believe we're not making it that long check check one two testing studio know. mic check right. it's not right sounds terrible okay i'm all set in here uh let's roll one overproduced and complicated and it's just like... all right you lost dogs are you ready to sing your song you betcha affirmative okay terry Yep. Okay, Derry. Proceed. Derry? That's my name. Don't wear it Okay, out. wait a minute. Stop it. Does somebody want to tell me what's going on? Uh, Gene? Derry's not actually in here with us. He, he flew back to Nashville this morning since he already recorded a singing part. Figured we could just use the virtual Derry computer program for the in-between bits. You know, like on our last album. But it doesn't even sound like it. That is your Look, I think you're upsetting virtual Derry. Let's just roll the tape, edit this stuff out later. All right. I'm glad you're enjoying this, Mike. Let's just pick it up where we left off. Okay, Mike. Mike. Mike, roll! Okay. Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. All right. They spent the first minute with a uh, a, a long sketch. Yes, it's um, it's a variation on how the the chipmunk song starts right. out 
yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's very weird. <laughs> like, it's very certain, weird. It's very at a certain weird. point. I just kind of led, gave myself over to it. And I was like, all right, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fun. Yeah. I, I like the robot. <laughs> it's, it's strange. It's strange uh, and funny, but I, I can't see myself putting this, this on ever. Another, no, it's another, it's another one of those songs where it's like, I don't like this song and <laughs> the original song, the original song. I don't care. Okay. For... Okay. Christmas time and Christmas here. Um, um, the weird computer stuff. Is that like reflecting like paranoia at the turn of the century about like computers are replacing us all, man, all these processors. And um, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's kind of a fun way to close the album where it's like, oh, let's put the super group dude the chipmunk song and they're just kind of fucking around. But I don't know. I, it's fine. I need to like look more into them. They're so, I mean, so that this, this people have said, many people are saying they're the like Christian traveling Wilburys. So you got uh, Terry Scott Taylor of Daniel Amos, yes. your faves, uh, yes. and the Swirling Eddies. Michael Rowe of the 77s, Derry Do- Doherty, and Steve Hindelong of the choir. And the original lineup included Gene Eugene, who we've talked about on the pod. Um, but I don't really know them. I, I've heard again, another band that I like I've heard of, knew they were sort of like important and respected, but never really knew them. But I don't know. It it's fine. It's kind of fun. But yeah, I don't really need to hear it ever again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is the point of a comp is that not everything is going to be for everybody but right. if you're a fan of um punk you've got something on there that you that might be new if you're a fan of like some indie stuff there's something on there that might be your you might be into um yeah, yeah I, do, I don't imagine that like a lot of the the tooth and nail comps that I got back in the day, I didn't love every single right. song, but yeah, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the intention. But right, um, yeah, I, I do think there are some really great standouts. On Definitely, this record, <laughs> some some positive and some for negative reasons. Indeed, uh, um, Viva Voce, come on the pod, please. Oof, yeah, where what's your deal? We got to get into this, this view of Voce. We got to uncover the truth. Um, I had a great time going through that. Ooh. Is this Norway again? Who is this? Ugh. No, I don't need it. <laughs> I just, I, I'm trying to get into the headspace where they, he's like, he, he's like, oh, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Immediately upsetting. Um, yeah, I, I had a great time going through this. It was a fun way to end the year. Um, great episode. Long one. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> classic Magpod style. Yeah. Um, but I had a great time, and we hope you all did, too. Thank you for sticking with us. Lo, these many years. We're wrapping up uh, year five of Magpod. Is that right? 18, um, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, weird. Um, so Oof. we're on our fourth season, but fifth year. So, hey, uh, that's something. Yeah, it's, um, been. <laughs> it's been. Wow. Uh, but let us know your favorite albums of the year, your standouts from Happy Christmas, 
over at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the show if you haven't already and give us a rating or review. We will read your review on the pod. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 MagPod. You can support us over on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. Uh, hear us talk about Bazan's Christmas bonus EP. Possibly hear us uh, do a horror Christmas movie soon. Um, and you can pick up some new season four merch at magnifiedpod.storyandre.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Check out smallsteprecords.com to learn more. And thanks to shadow producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think you hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next month when we dive back into indie rock. Yeah. Sounds so good. So good. And I know we started this uh, segment with Flight 180, and mm-hmm. we're ending it with Flight 180. <laughs> but you know, hey, they are they are a standout here for me. In Absolutely, terms of like uh, a group that uh, I guess I don't know, John. Hmm. Season Scott season streets yeah. are talking. People are saying. Mm. Um, trombones know. are are sliding around out there. <laughs> they're they're sliding. <laughs> That's but, right. but not so many good sliding. <laughs> this episode. Yeah, let's all all aboard a uh, flight one eighty to. Um, my heart. <laughs> yeah, um, and this guy's season. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Merry Christmas. Year. Yay. We love you. Ho ho ho. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.